The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. Please don't say. Please just please. So when you say it like that, that, do you really want me to? But you just you don't want to say that. It's like Tom saying. So you say it the negative, like I'm supposed to get drawn into that. Should I? Read no, it that I don't. Way? Listen, I no, I don't want to say. I, you know, I, 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 my daughter is a tremendously talented singer. Uh, is, it, is it a jealousy thing with you that you can't sing as well? No, no, I can't. Uh, you know, it's funny. My daughter has no prompt telling me I'm off key, so it, it just just no filter with that stuff. And I I know from learning you're off key. So please don't. What is off key though? Is it like what if I just have my own key? Well, yeah, but you'd be locked out. Donkey. Don- oh, wow. He went with a dad joke. We did a dad oh, joke episode. Look at you going. Oh, wow. Tom Laidlaw, dude. It's a dad joke. Oh, I've got tons of good dad jokes. We did it. We did one set. People, I don't think people loved it because it's work. Oh, is that right? No, that, I'm. I, oh, okay. Like, we have fans in, in Finland and Sweden yeah. and Japan. We have we have listeners. So, they, some yeah, Japanese guy over there is going, what is that? Like, what is that? Uh, get to the hockey thing. Yeah. I'm sure they're probably expats. I don't know if there's many Japanese. Let's say just. Really? Uh, maybe. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. We have people in Bosnia. We have people at, uh, you know, I can go check right now. Where... Bosnia. Wow. Who would be watching or listening to us in Bosnia? I thought that it's bad. It's just. Well, we're on the charts in, I'll tell you all the places we're charts in, U.S., Canada for hockey charts, U.S., Canada, Sweden, Spain, Japan, and Czech Republic. But we have listeners. Um, nobody in Fiji? Nobody in Fiji. They just didn't. The Survivor fans just didn't come over. Yeah. We had to work on that. I was there for a long time. You were, what, five days? Five, six days? How many How many days? I was there for about three weeks in total. Oh, three. So the vacation. Beautiful. Yeah, it's all it's beautiful. Oh, man, that's the place to go. So let me just, not to toot our own horn, but let's look at our, in the last uh, last month, we, our top countries are the U.S., Canada, United Kingdom, Sweden, Finland, and Japan. Those are the top countries. Yeah, not bad. What, what country were we high on the charts here when we first started? Spain, right Spain. off the bat. Yeah, we were like number two in Spain. Or number one in Spain, that's actually. Right. I was like, we lost that though, right? Well, that's, uh, I think that's our, our listener, Marcus Fajardo, who uh, he's got, he's spearheading that. And my dad's actually going to Spain next month. Oh, that's right. He was stop by and visit my friend, Marcus Fajardo. Marcus Fajardo. Who is a big hockey player and big uh, in Barcelona. So, Oh, very cool. But, Spain. I've never been to Spain. But you have been to Fiji for three weeks. Fiji, Australia, uh, France, Czechoslovakia. Uh, Finland, Sweden, Germany, uh, Canada. Wow, look at you. Yeah, I traveled quite a bit. Was... What was your favorite country outside of the U.S. and Canada? Fiji was pretty cool. Was it? Yeah. Well, I guess because of that experience too. Australia, you know, Australia was nice too. Like we went to Surfers Paradise and those kind of things. I think because Australia is much more like the U.S., uh, but it, it's really like an outdoorsy kind of place, a lot of activities outside. So, Is it weird walking upside down though? Like, how do you... I, you know, I thought about that uh, at 
That's pretty good. That's funny. Brisbane. We were actually there for Australia Day. Oh, yeah. That's like the 4th of July. Yeah. So they have this big celebration. They go to the bars and they've got, I remember it's like they've got a little paddle and I think it's three coins they get. They flip the coins up in the air and then they bet on, okay, is it going to be two coins? Right. Are they all three the same way or two coins? Whatever it is. But we got going uh, so that, uh, I was out there a few beers too. So we got going where we, uh, we made the person do push ups if they didn't get it right. And so I was, uh, okay. that was unique. That was, well, so uh, here. I brought that to the Pro- that's probably spread through a part of Australia Day now. Yeah. And our listeners in Australia are definitely doing that. And right now they're doing push up. That's right. Have you been to Ireland? I love, I've been, I love Ireland. Never been to Ireland. Oh, what a great country. And you can do the accent there. <laughs> Should we buy that? Uh, you know, nothing against other countries, though. Yeah, as far as like North America, you really don't have to go anywhere, really. I mean, there's so much to do in North America. If, I, I've done this a couple of times. I think you have too. If you drive cross country or even cross Canada, you see the changes. Oh, yeah. You have the Northeast, and you have the plains, and you have the desert, Rocky Mountains, the West, the Rocky Mountains. It's gorgeous. Great, great lakes. Yeah, I just think there's so many great things to do. I, there's nothing wrong with traveling other countries. I just think, you know, right. like, yeah, you can go, to, go to Mexico, Canada, U.S. And... Have you been to Yosemite? I have not. No, it's awesome. Yeah, no, so I have. I have been to Grand Canyon. That's where I want to go to. I haven't done that either. Yeah, surprising. I don't have much on my bucket list. I don't. Do you have a bucket list? Not really. See, I don't believe in that theory. Just in general, bucket. I just, nothing. I know there's the great movie with Jack sure. Nicholson and everything. But the the theory is that once you're told, you're being told that you're going to die from some disease, then you start living, doing all the things you should be doing. You should be doing already. doing it already. Yeah. Right. Live every day. Yeah, and they, you know, it's easy for you to say. I've, I've had a lot of opportunities, but. Yeah, just go do the things. Well, like I, so, my my father is now seventy six. My mom passed two years ago, and he just said, "I just want to travel. I just want to see things." Yeah, and there was no bucket list. He's like, "I just want to see yeah. different things." Yeah, cool. Yeah, so yeah, that's going to take him to Spain and uh, Morocco, and oh. yeah, that's a beautiful trip. That's a cool trip. Yeah, my youngest son went to was it Spain? They went to, but he and his girlfriend, but they get they get food poisoning. Oh, that's right. You said they had no trip basically. Yeah, hospital. Yeah, <laughs> so I think kind of just like when you eat some bad food and then you throw up and you don't want to eat the food anymore. Yeah. So he's kind of against traveling. Uh, he, he likes traveling around the U.S. I, I had food for twice actually in college, and I'll never eat. Yeah, I had uh, oh. it was a calzone sandwich from an NYU cafeteria, and I was two days in the hospital. Never do that. How about first time you ever drank? I'm not really much a drinker. Right? I don't drink at all. I used to. I um I I didn't get sick the first time, but I did get sick once. I think we talked about it on the show. But I did. Yeah, I had lemon gin the first time, and oh, I threw up. It's awful. Oh my my mother. So next day, uh, I was underage too. I was like 16 or 15 or 16 or whatever. So next day, my buddies come over. We had, by this time, we'd sold the farm, built a house, right. got a pool in the backyard. So the guys- Right, and I know what you did. I know the story. What? You drove- No, no, no. That's, no, no. That's uh, That was my sister's wedding. Okay. No, they they all come over and my mother didn't realize I was hung over at the time, throwing up. And now they all start laughing at me because, oh, she was a lot. Oh, really? Man, I love it. It's like, I was like, guys, shut up. But your parents drank though, right? Yeah, they did. But- my mother, she was the she was the tough one. Like she, I get caught uh, when I was a kid. Uh, neighbors didn't close, lock their doors, or whatever. So people were so you break in, right. but nobody ever did back then. It's farm country. So a group of kids, I had the bicycle for some strange reason with a, a basket on the front. Oh, oh, wow, big tough guy. So, yeah, and so that was the getaway vehicle. So we broke into this neighbor's house to stole orange juice and raw bacon. Why? I, I told you so many stories about my life. Yeah. Ask why? <laughs> Just. So we're sitting underneath the hay wagon, eating the raw bacon and drinking the orange juice. My sister went home and told my mother. So uh, I come home thinking I'm, it's pretty funny. As she takes me down to my room and she spanks me. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. The back of the spanking was much more loud. And explained a lot about your dating life. <laughs> and she said to me, she says, I, when your father gets home, I'm going to tell him what you did. And if he doesn't come down and spank you again, I'm going to come down and spank you again. So my father comes in, he's this big man, he was six foot four here, marching down the, they're talking out there. He's marching down the hallway. I, I get the tears going right away. He, he, he won't spank me. Right. 
So he gets to the door. He turns out, goes back to care of saving my mother. He said, I can't do it. He's crying now. She flies down the hall. Oh, wow. She didn't just walk. She flew down the hall. And she's back again. Jesus Christ, Tom. Needless to say, I did not steal anymore. And no wonder why you have issues in your dating life. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> and also, I just have to point out for everyone listening, you are so Canadian. We're drinking stolen orange juice and eating raw bacon uh, under the hay bale. Yeah. Under the hay wagon. Yeah. Hayward. Um, mm. oh, it's the farm country out there. Oh, I can still remember the scene. Yeah. I mean, it's embarrassing. I have to tell the truth. I had a basket on the front of my bike. What a huge nerd. They let you do that? Well, back then on the farm, no, it's like no one cared. Yeah, I just didn't care. You had to transport like the milk bottles or something, right? Yeah, some, some weird. I, I don't even know, like we knew what a nerd was like back then. We talk about a nerd. I yeah. never had. In hindsight. Yeah. But I, uh, I, yeah, the first time I drank, I think we, I, I went to France on a school trip. My parents sent me when I was a freshman and we, they could sign a waiver and you could drink. So, cause it was legal. Oh, yeah. So we, uh, we drank beer and wine in France, which was odd we so i was trying out to king liberty we flew over uh, that christmas before yeah. travel travel all around czechoslovakia france i think we're germany as well and uh, actually played against the stasny brothers over there before they turned pro and uh the, the so this one place was chesky Buda beach was where budweiser was invented yep. over there and uh but it was all warm beer and yeah that's your opinion yeah so we're uh but we're it's winter time so we're hanging the beer bottles out the uh out the window to get them cool and it's the hotels you stayed in didn't have toilets either. Just like, they had water closets, right? Down the hall? Uh, no, it was in your room, but you just had a hole in the floor. And, oh, well, you're used to that growing up in, on the farm. Well, but we at least had a seat. This, there was no seat. It was just a hole. Oh, you just drop a trial right, right there. And, and then it had two footprints to show your feet. I'll never forget this. So if you were going to take a poop, I think that they knew where to put your feet. <laughs> that's so bizarre. I know. I know. I'm that's you. also communist Czech, Czechoslovakia, yeah, then, right? Yeah. I, yeah. There was no seat whatsoever. You're just dropping. If you have to take a poop, you're getting the cheeks down. How did you read the newspaper? Like, what are you doing there? I guess, <laughs> I guess you get in and out real quick, right? Can you imagine that with all the phones? Like, oh, I was yeah. Yeah, you have leg cramps. Could you imagine? So you went there, and when I, I was 15 when I went to France. There's no cell phone. No. There's no track. There's no FaceTime. Yeah. Your parents are like, all right, we'll see you in 30 days. I know, yeah. I think back about those days, even when I went to college, like, my, my, I think I told you this, so I have to just do it. My parents thought I was going to be home in two weeks because I said, because oh, Peter, Peterborough when you came. Yeah. And, uh, so, I, but I never, I never even went to, I never called my parents at all for months. They finally got a hold of the coach and said, can you please tell him to be at his room so he can call the right. phone at like, is he, is he still alive? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. I, I didn't think it's like when I, we got in a fight in the bar, got arrested for beating this guy up at a bar and I filled out all the paperwork and my parents' address back my home. Right. Didn't bother to call my parents to tell them, well, yeah, hey, your son's arrested. So they get these papers and I, oh, it's mail. Mail. <laughs> back then. Did mom spank you again? She come running to college? But no, at that point, it was like, I think they were just shaking their heads so much. It's like, what are you thinking about? Like, because yeah. there's just no thought process at all about, okay, first of all, getting in the fight. You know, I've got a college scholarship. I want to play in the NHL. Pause right there. That's exactly what sums up your life. There's no thought process oh, at all. Yeah, totally. Just yeah. go. It is amazing. Like, I never, until you and I have done this show and I've started writing a book, I didn't understand that that's the way yeah. I had been in everything in my life. But yeah, there's just, no, oh, I'm going to do it. That's just it. Good, bad, different. They were just that. Yeah. No thought process at all. <laughs> just go. Well, it's not scary. No, it's, 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 it informs who you are. That, yeah. getting spanked by your mother. Yeah. While your dad stood back and said, no, I can't do it. No need for it. Yeah. Well, my mother was tough too. Yeah. She was the one that, uh, I, I told the story, but she said, if you let somebody do that to you again, I'm going to kick Yeah. Yes, you did. And uh, that, maybe that's why you're twice divorced. I don't know. Possibly. It could have something to do with it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Happily twice divorced too. I look at it, See, I look at my divorces as a positive thing. So like my first one, I got two, two sons out of it. So that's all part. Right. So my second one, um, how is that a positive? I think so. Uh, well, it was a great relationship for a long time. Just there's, there's an expire, expiration date on my relationships. That's really the way to look at it. There's an expiration date on all my relationships. 
that's a way to look at it. Yeah. If you want to. Yeah. It's, it's, I think some people call that rationalization, but that's fine. But that's all right. You got to rationalize. Yeah. No, whatever works for you. Because, yeah, I, th- yeah, I know, I'm very proud of you and I know you've got a fantastic marriage, family and like that. But I do, I do look at people sometimes and go like, how do people stay together? Like man and woman for all that time. I, I think just, I think when it's easy, it's just, it's just easy. Right. It's the right person. Yeah. I think it just works. So yeah. there's no right person for me out there? No, there is. You haven't found them yet. Or you had them and you let them go. Could be. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Maybe my mother spanked them right out of my leg. That could be it. And now, speaking of spanking and friends and relatives, you have a good uh, friend of yours and a teammate on today. We have on, uh, and the Olympics, being the Olympics, we have on U.S. Olympic champion from 1980, former Ranger. We have Dave Silk. Oh, man. My old roommate. There's, okay, there's, hopefully we tell a lot of stories, but there's going to be a lot of stories we cannot tell. But, man, we had a blast. We were on the phone the other day. Uh, it's one of those deals. Yeah, I'm sure you get friends like this too. You don't talk to them for a few years and then you get on the phone and you just die laughing. Yeah, all those sorts. Like giggly little kid. Yeah, because we, and again, as time goes on, you kind of think, did that really happen that way? And then you're on with somebody that was part of the story yeah. as well and say, did it really happen that way? He goes, yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh, we had a blast. We lived all out. We, we were laughing about that too. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a good friend. Uh, he's got through his own struggles, uh, but he, you know, just, he's a great family. He's got two, two daughters now and everything. So, Good guy. Yeah, let's get to it. This should be good. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, listen to the show, spread it around, leave us a review on Apple, and uh, enjoy the show. Dave's still coming up next. Let's see Irish uh, uh, National Anthem. Maybe we can learn the Irish National Anthem. Oh, boy. You'll, you'll sing that next. You know what? That's why we do have a show where we're doing National Anthems, like singing the National Anthems, like that one show. We should probably not do that. What's the Fiji National Anthem? Do you know it? Oh, yes. You know what? They played the, for us. Uh, when we went back to Ponderosa, when we were done, uh, the locals put on this big display. Like, had this dance and everything was the local right. dance and the song. And they made this uh, drink called, was it Gava? It's either Gava or Kava. It's a root that they grind up. Okay. Uh, but the guy, any good? Well, the guy mixes it with his bare hands, uh, with the water and everything. It was, it's fine. But I don't know if there's hardly any alcohol in it because I kept chugging it. And I was, they're not allowed. Did you, did they do like a haka? Do they, because they're Polynesian, right? Do they have, or is that? No, they didn't do the haka. That's New Zealand, isn't it? New Zealand and yeah, Australia, yeah. parts of that. Yeah, but uh, rugby is a big thing there too. Actually, their rugby team is, had won some championship while we were down there. So it was a big deal. Big party. And isn't uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, wasn't he from Fiji? Was he really? I think he might have been from Fiji. Jimmy Superfly. My brother, I remember that name, but I don't remember. No, what a great wrestler. My brother, Damien, will fact check that, but he's a big wrestling guy. Um, and he was actually a pro wrestler for a little while in the Carolinas, my brother. Crazy. So what pro wrestler is best fr- was best friends with Cam Connor, my former? Easy. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Come oh, on, man. That's easy. It was really that easy. Oh, yeah. Many people knew that? Yeah. Well, Roddy Piper, who played a Scottish character. Right. You guess your accents. He was he was a Canadian. I yeah. Most of the wrestlers were. But and he, uh, yeah, he was best friends with Cam Connor. I went over to the host one day. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper liked his leafage. He liked it. Oh, you were hanging out with them. Yeah. Connor. Yeah. Uh, do you mean he's like smoke? Yeah, yeah. So like, they were getting stoned. That's good for them, man. But that's it was more. And the reason I bring it up it was more back when it was kind of like tap, right? Like you sure. it was like like when you were smoking at Phil Esposito's house. Oh god, oh man, that was classic. Oh, Silky was part of that story too. Oh, so you're gonna tell that story. We'll get that. And speaking of Rowdy Piper, he starred in a great cult movie that you've probably seen called They Live. Oh, in really? the 80s. It's a great movie, and you should definitely check it out. I don't think I've seen it. Is John Wayne in it? John Wayne is not in it. Marion is not in that one. I don't think he was with us at the time, but Hot Rod was great. He was a really good actor, and the movie is is really cool. They live. Cold classic. The wrestlers going to become movie stars too, right? Because like, they're actors. Yeah, good point. Yeah. They're always yeah. Do, they're always doing those performances yeah. and those, I think they call them shoots. Is that I, I, Yeah. They do their little, their skits and their, their interviews. Uh, you know? I'm still devastated by the time that kid said I look like Rowdy, or uh, The Rock's grandfather. Grandpa, well, you were in Fiji. The Pink Rock strikes again. Dave Silk coming up next. Enjoy the show. All right, laddies. 
Donald, here we go. This is going to be a fun one today. We have on a former teammate of yours, a running buddy of yours oh, with the Rangers, man. someone on the legendary U.S. Olympic team in 1980. We have your old pal, Dave Silk. Oh, Silk, uh, we, I think like a lot of guys, right? We don't talk to each other for several years, and then we get on the phone, and you and I are crying, laughing. We're telling these old stories. Like, we, we go to each other like, okay, did this really happen this way? And we're both we're just dying laughing. All right, so we got some ground rules here today. We're going to, I'm going to mention a story. Just the title of the story. And then David's going to decide, yay or nay, or can we tell the story or not? Because some of them obviously are stories that should not be told. Fair enough. But uh, we had some, we had a blast. We we were talking about, we just lived life all out. It was, uh, it was, it was incredible. So, so, okay, where were you born and raised? Born, uh, born in Boston, uh, raised just outside the city, um, little town called Situate, a little uh, seaside community, and uh, started playing hockey like every other kid uh, when Bobby York came to town and... Uh, in nineteen and you know the mid nineteen sixties, so that was it. It's amazing how many people say the same thing, right? Bobby Orr comes down. I was going to be a hockey player, right? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, it was funny, you know. The uh, the uh, um, someone said the other day, uh, um, you know, you guys started playing hockey because of Bobby Orr coming to town, and then maybe a lot of guys started playing hockey after nineteen eighty. And yeah, uh, yeah. Thought, geez, you know that that's kind of cool. That is very cool. That's a good point. Yeah, definitely, definitely did. All right, so you're a good player right away? Uh, no, no, never could skate. And, uh, um, but I, you know, like all of us, we work at it and work at it and try and figure out what we can do to get better. So, but no, I, I wasn't particularly good. I, I was, uh, probably a, a better baseball player. Uh, oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, really? And then, so obviously, you go through your, your kid playing youth hockey, get, get to BU University, right? Did they come, did a lot of places recruit you? Um, a, a handful. A handful. I, I think uh, um, I had committed early to the University of New Hampshire, and oh. uh, um, and then I don't know. It, I, I, well, I do know what happened. Jack Parker showed up on my doorstep, and oh. uh, who's uh, the coach at BU for many, many years. And and I think similar to your experience with Rick Comley at, at Northern Michigan, you know, the guy came in and, and just hit all the right buttons and said. Uh, I remember he said to me. Uh, um, I have a feeling you need a, uh, an equal amount of kicks in the arse and, and pats on the back, and I'm willing to give you both. And I said, where do I sign? <laughs> That's good. That's right. And it's a real school, BU, not like Northern Michigan. Northern Michigan is the Harvard of the Midwest. Is it, though? Well, I've, the, I've, I've declared it. Oh, the UP, maybe. I've declared it. Well, I'm, I'm in the Hall of Fame up there. Don't criticize my school. It's like being the tallest midget, though. <laughs> oh, that is terrible. That's good, but it's That's also in a bad neighborhood. Oh, yeah, that's funny. So did you play all four years uh, at college to get them all in? No, I, I left after my junior year. Oh, it was. We we had a pretty good run. We had uh, my freshman year, we lost in the semis of the NCAA uh, tournament to Michigan. We won it all my sophomore year. And then uh, my junior year had just kind of a, we had a good year, but, but we lost in the ECACs. And then um, I skipped my senior year to play for the Olympic team in 80. Oh, you played for the Olympic team, did you? <laughs> we should talk about because Tom, you almost played for the Olympic. Oh, uh, so I don't know if I ever told you a story. Did I tell you, like I tried out for the Canadian Olympic team for 1980. All right. you know, part of, one of the great things about you and I getting together is, and there's a lot of great things about getting together with you. But one of the great things is that that you remember about half the things that I don't, yeah. and yeah. vice versa. So yes, so, the answer is yes. You did tell me about uh, 
uh, your infamous your infamous oh, story of right, almost right. making that team, oh. as did Paul McLean and and Jim Neal and some of these other guys they got to be friendly with. Oh, oh that's right, you played with Devin Winnipeg, didn't you? Both those guys. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. what a fun night that was. One of the great that was a life changing moment, actually. Well, yeah. good and bad. Well, you might have you might have changed the course of history. That's right. Suki would not have won the U.S. Olympic. They would not have won because I would have been one defensive defense away from meddling. There you go. Who knows? That's what it was. Difference maker. Well, to be honest, to be honest, you know, we always look back years later and thought how much better the Canadian team could have been simply by having you back there and by having Doug Smale on the team as well. There you go. And uh, so, so yeah, you know, they they could have movies about yeah movies about you and stuff about Suki. Yeah, nice job. My life story. So uh, does, does Herb come to you before the Olympics, before the tryouts, or who approaches you to try out for the team? So uh, it was, uh, I, I was looking for a little nod, um, you know, do I, do I stay and, and play for the Olympic team or should I turn pro um, and go that route? Because we weren't expected to do anything in the Olympics. It would have been a good uh, bridge year after college um, before turning pro, but um but, it, you know, there weren't great expectations. So I, I was looking for someone to say to me, maybe, well, it would be a good idea for you to to, to play for that team or or not, and you know, and just go pro. And, and uh, um, the Rangers had drafted me, and, and so I, and I was looking forward to, the, to trying that next step. But um, Herb never reached out to me directly. I know that he had conversations with Jack Parker, my college coach, and... Uh, and some other people that had reached out kind of indirectly to me. Um, but, uh, but I, I never spoke to her. <laughs> I, I think I probably spoke to her, you know, through the Olympics in 1980, probably a half a dozen times. So. Is that right? You had that relationship with him? Oh, okay. He was going yeah. that way, right? He had different relationships with everybody, right? And some people he talked to all the time and others he wouldn't talk to. So, okay. So you go, you go to, go ahead. You jumped in there. Oh, I, I was going to just, you know, and we can talk about it. it'll probably come up, but uh, um, uh, people thought Herb was such a genius, and I would tell them, "Well, he was so smart. What the hell did he have me on two of his teams for between the Rangers and, <laughs> and the Olympic gear?" Uh, so he, he wasn't that smart. That's what that's what saved me with Freddie Sheerl. He got fired halfway through our first year because he had me up in front of the power. He had, he had me up in front of the power play. Like, what? Is it well, he was seen now at the time. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Right. I, I, I should be careful because he got me my start in the NHL. Um, so it was, uh, it was all worthwhile. But all right, So when you go to camp there then, is the feeling around the team that, okay, this is going to be fun, but we really don't have much of a shot at winning? I, I don't think we ever really thought about it. When we went to camp, everyone was just focused on making the team. And the way the, the, way the cuts went, they, they started with about 28, 29 guys, something like that. So we knew there were, there were cuts that were ongoing. And uh, so I, I think nobody really looked. As to whether we're going to win in the in in Lake Placid, I think people just wanted to be there in Lake Placid and right. uh, be part of that travel squad at twenty. So, right. so did you really happy the way they happened the way they portrayed it in the movie where he has that meeting where he cuts a whole bunch or you no know, he more mentions the guys that are staying right? Is that remember that? I, I, yeah, you know, it, I mean, they embellished it a little bit in the movie, but but they they stayed pretty true to form. They did. Right. He he called everyone together in the in the. Uh, uh, in the arena uh, in Colorado Springs, and and announced the list. He did it alphabetically, and uh, um, so you know, uh, so guys could tell when they went past their name um, that they weren't on the team, and and you know, guys were getting up and they were hot, and and for 
I'd say for the majority of guys on that team, it was probably the first team that they that they never made, right? So it was the first time they ever got cut. So, um, so you know, it was a it was a, a stressful environment for sure. Some guys knew they were on the team. You know, there were guys like Morrow and and Johnson and a few of those guys. You know, they they knew that they were going to be there. But there were but there were a handful. Probably half the guys, you know, weren't sure if they were in or out. Right. Where were you in that list? Uh, I wasn't sure. Oh, okay. It was it cool to have someone portray you in a movie and to see that? I mean, that's got to be like kind of, you know, mess with you a little bit, right? How does it feel? I I, I tell people, Tom, that that uh, the the guy that played me, um, uh, Bobby Hanson, was actually was a BU hockey player as well, and uh, you know, many years later after me, but uh, but he was this you know he was this big kid that could really skate. So as a result, I. I actually got more ice time in the movie than I did in Lake Placid. <laughs> they, they had him in all the hockey scenes. You know, we came out of the premiere and guys were saying, "Silky, you never killed a penalty in your life." And, and I'm like, what do you mean? It's on the screen. Of course, I. Uh, so that's funny. All right, so you go. Okay, now I want to ask first: the game you played at Madison Square Garden before the Olympics and got smoked by the Russians. What was the point of that? Like, did Herb have some reason for doing that? Uh, well, the Russians did. Yeah, money, money, all oh, money. Yeah. They got I would outload. But I would have thought, like, okay, you're going to ruin their confidence by being going to play this team in the Olympics, and they just what was it, ten to three or something in that game? Yeah. Oh, they <clears throat> they they hammered us, and yeah. uh, um, and we had played their their B squad a couple times over the course of the year, right. and had done pretty well against them. And we thought, well, how much better can the A squad be? <laughs> they were a lot better, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, they they just they hammered us in in every way, shape, and form. So. Um, but you know, as history will tell you, that it worked against them. Right. But it was more like if Jake Herb had some master plan to say, okay, we're going to play these Russians. They're going to beat us up, and and maybe they'll get overconfident, right? I guess that could be the the option they think about. Maybe I I don't know. I mean, I I think if I were Herb, I you know, I, I think it could have decimated a, a, a goalie's confidence, maybe, or you know, someone gets hurt going in, so. I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking, but I, I know those those games are scheduled a long time before. And, oh, okay. Because uh, they made it seem like that was like a, a new game that they put in there, just threw it in the, in the last minute. That's dramatic. Well, it's, I, I don't know. You know what? It, it might have been. It, it could have been because we had games that, that would just get randomly dropped into the into the schedule over right. the course of the year. So it, it could have been. I don't know. Right. So the famous Norway game, we got skated after the game. I think they portrayed it as classic. The guys are sitting on the bench checking out all the blondes and the stats. <laughs> I could just see that's you know, that's what we'd be doing, right? I mean, it's an exhibition. <laughs> oh, die! Was it? Is it really that way? Well, I I don't recall anyone anyone you know all scoping out chicks in the in the stands, but but in the movie they they made it look like it was for Coda in particular, and he took such offense to that. He like, oh, did he? I was never looking at girls during the game, and you know. He's proud of that. He's a hockey player. (laughs) Well, you know, part of the, and I think we've talked about it, but but part of the thing that was, that was so, such an eye opener for me was, uh, uh, those guys were boy scouts, you know, I mean, they, they, you know, you you go in, you go in to the hotel after a game, uh, night after a game and, and, you know, guys are doing a hundred crunches before bed. Oh, you know, like, like they were, you know, they were kind of Dudley Do-Right. And, uh, and then I, and the Eastern guys walked in and, 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 you know, to a very, to varying degrees, we weren't. Right. And yeah, so there was kind of a, a cultural, there was a little bit of a clash there. So just funny. Yeah. I played with some Minnesota guys too. We call them the, uh, 
cake eaters, we called them. They were the cake eaters. Yeah, 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 that's right. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so uh, you go through the Olympics. Now, so you go into the Olympics. Again, you're happy you're there. You're on the team. You're representing the country. But the expectations to win are where? Uh, the expectation is to try and uh, eke out a medal. Uh, okay. Bronze, you know, silver if we're extraordinarily lucky. In our division, we had... Um, we had the Czechs and the Swedes, or excuse me, the Swedes, uh, yeah, the Czechs and the Swedes, so, and and only two would go on to the medal round, so we had to beat, you know, two teams that were on paper a lot better than we were, and uh, so, you know, we had to, we had to have a, a, at least one big game in the, in the preliminaries, and then hope for the best in the, in the medal round, so, you know, we were looking at an outside chance of getting a medal. So, would you tie Sweden in the first game, and then when do you guys think we have something here, like something good is happening. Which game is that? Uh, next game, we rolled over the Czechs. Yeah, Steve rolled them. Steam rolled them, and and they were loaded. They had the Stasny brothers, and uh, um, yeah, uh, Halenka, I think was on the team. They they had a lot of big names that 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 hockey people would know from the World Championships because they had been real stars there. And we and we steamrolled them. And like that would be the game that's probably most surprising, right? Winning against the Russians obviously is there, but. The way you beat the Czechs, was, what was it, seven two? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 just dominate them. They they had a their their guy in goal had a bad night, and and he was a good goaltender. He was considered at the time uh, kind of the second to Tretiak in mm-hmm. in terms of European hockey. But he had an off night, and uh, and they quit. They quit. Oh, you know, we get up early on them, and which was which was one of the things that back then people would say about the Czechs. You know. It's, not that way now, but but back then um, they had a reputation for for folding uh, huh. Huh. under adversity. So and they did. Right. So you get steam on that. I think geez, maybe we can do something here, right? We could we definitely get that medal. So there's the checks. Who'd you play after that? 
Uh, oh boy, let's see. Then there were a couple of games where it was point night. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Romania, Romania, Norway, um, and and that's when the press started stepping in. But then we and then the the the, the trap door game was West Germany, uh, right? Germany. Yeah, we had to we had to beat West Germany, and they were good, and they had they had uh, beat the beat the U.S. team, I think, in '76. They needed to beat the Germans um, to get into the medal round, and, and the Germans beat them. So, um, and they were good. They were a good team. Uh, cool. So, okay. So, famous Russian game going into it seemed like in the way they portrayed it in the movie. Now, you guys went from that team that got hammered by the Russians in New York City to now a team that really looked like you believed that you could beat the Russians. Was that accurate? Well, I I don't know. I, you know, the the game plan was just try and stay close. And and as you know, one of one of the one of the Brooksisms was don't let them score in the first two minutes or the last two minutes of a period, and let the the next sixteen take care of themselves. And, and so you know, we had some guidelines to try and follow, and and um, and just stay close. But looking back, uh, if if someone told me or you that uh, um, we'd score four goals on Kretschak yeah. in sixteen shots. You know, I think it was thirty-seven, sixteen. We got outshot, so you know it, it was it was fate more than game plan. That was cool. I remember I was back at college. We just finished up my senior year. We were watching that, and I, obviously I knew you were drafted by the Rangers, and uh, you're you and I going to be playing together. Um, so that was pretty cool watching that. So you win the gold medal. Like you guys had a bunch of Wait, stuff. You, going well, you got to go back. You, they have to play Finland on Sunday morning to win the gold medal. You don't want to talk about that. You want to just go right past that one? Yeah, well, we got to get some old stories. Like he's told this story, but he's told this story about the Olympics for like, like how many times he told the story about the Olympics? Like a hundred times. Well, but he's got people want to hear it, but all right, but people are going to hear the Sportorama story too. Cause every time your name comes up a lot, Dave, and we do the show and he's, and I, I coach at Sportorama for my kid's team and he goes, oh, I have a story at Sportorama with me and Dave Silt. Maybe we can talk about that one, but uh, we'll see. Okay. All right. So that's going to, you're right. There's people listening. Yeah, want to talk about Finland. So Finland then, I mean, you have to be ready to, this is a good hockey team in Finland too, to win. That's game you still had to win to win the gold medal, right? Yeah, Yari Curry. Um, uh, and they had they had some big names. Um, they they were good. They were very good. Um, yeah, I'll never forget the. Uh, you know, I, I think the famous the famous line from from that whole thing is uh, you know Herb had a, a a routine that he'd come in just before you'd go out for the game and and say whatever he was going to say and and Herb never came in and and they were blowing the buzzer waiting for us to go out and and Herb walked in and and looked at us and and said you guys blow this game you'll take it to your graves <laughs> and he walks out and you know in this day and age of, of positive reinforcement something yeah. like that just it, it just seems so strange right and we all looked at each other and then he walked back in and said you're at some graves <laughs> <laughs> And he walked out, and Craig Patrick came in and said, "Okay, guys, let's go." Oh, God, that's right. <laughs> and that's when we went out for the first beer. So, if you would heard all that time, like all the speeches he made, is there times where every look and the guys in the room were going, "What the? Is he talking about?" Yeah, you know, I, 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 I don't, I forget who it was, whether it was Bob Johnson or or Milbury or somebody. Somebody talked about uh, part of being a great coach is being a great actor, and oh uh, yeah. And yeah. and I remember uh, I remember finding out after the fact when Herbie came in and and flipped his lid and and threw the Gatorade uh, the big Gatorade jug yeah. in the middle of the room across the wall and you know hit the blackboard and what people didn't know until after was he had told the assistant coach to go in and and 
dump all the Gatorade out so we could lift it. So, <laughs> oh, so, right. so it was all premeditated, you know? Yeah, that was Herbie. Yeah. Yeah. Herbie didn't do, I don't think Herbie did anything just off the cuff. Like he always had a plan, right? You knew what he was going to say. Everything was, yeah, everything was preordained. Yeah. I remember when he first came, first meeting with the Rangers, and we'd had that good year the year before in 80, 81, where it was a really good regular season. Then we fired Freddie, and Craig took over, and now we had that good run in the playoffs. So now, typically, you keep that team together if you go to the semifinals, but now Herb comes in wanting to make all these changes. And the first meeting he comes into, it's like, okay, this is the way it's going to go. I'm telling you right now, this is the plan. I've got all the practice schedule. You know, Jack Blatherwick's here. Thank God he wasn't going to. You know, this was all a schedule and plan. He, he walked out of the meeting going, okay, I guess Serb's got it. He's, that, that was the one thing with him. He could sell well. Like, he really sold it. Yeah. That he had his way. It was going to work. Everybody did their jobs. Yeah, he was good that way. Good actor, like they said. Yeah, he, and he was. Think about it. That's a great uh, great thing to say about it. He really was. All right, so with the good man. Uh, go ahead. But, but. No, uh, I was just going to say that that uh, um, uh, Herb was... You know, he he always had his his sayings and and. Yeah. But one of the things that he said when he when he turned pro uh, when he went to the pros was, uh, there's five guys on every team that like you, five guys on every team that don't like you, and and five that aren't sure. He said. So the trick is making sure the five guys that like you are your five best guys. <laughs> and and that's one of the and he did that with the Rangers. You know, he yeah. made sure. Well, really the, the difference in relationships with guys, like my relationship was great. Well, he picked on me all the time, but I started playing. It was, I was fantastic. Four best years of my career with her. But there's other guys like Ron Greshner, Dave Maloney, those kind of guys who were great players. It just didn't match for Mike, Mike Rogers. Mike Rogers, yeah. Good point. Yeah, good yeah. point. All right, so let's get to some stories here. All right. So you win the gold medal. You come into New York. You're standing. Where did they put you up in the hotel? So, so uh, immediately after the Olympics, um, we we sign a, a deal to do a car commercial, and and it turns out to be Volkswagen of all of all cars, right? <laughs> like you know, I mean, of course. Yeah. And uh, so they put us all up in the Plaza Hotel, and right. uh, um, and we're living large on the Plaza Hotel, and and while they cut this uh, this car commercial, um, but then after two days, everyone's gone, and uh, but I had turned pro with the Rangers, so. I just stayed there, and uh, and I remember Espo would pick me up in the mornings to bring me up to Playland to practice. And, and after a week or so, I, I said, "Hey, Phil, do you think I should tell the Rangers that I'm staying at the Plaza?" And uh, he's like, "No, no, 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 no! This is great. Are you kidding me? No." Uh, I could just see Phil doing that too. Oh, so you ran into some famous people while you were there too, didn't you? Yeah, the, yes, I <laughs> We uh, so I would go down to the oyster bar every afternoon and uh, uh, have a cup of chowder and and a draft beer and and uh, and just see who would come through on you know coming through the plaza and uh, I was there one one afternoon and and uh, this really attractive woman came and and sat down and and was friendly and and. Uh, and being a gentleman, you know, I offered to buy her a, a glass of wine. I, I think she had had a glass of wine. I asked if she wanted another glass of wine, and uh, I, she said, "No, I, I, I don't think that's a good idea." Um, uh, my husband and and uh, we or we have a crew coming in. Uh, there's a crew coming to to meet me, and and I said, "Okay, yeah, great, yeah." And I, I got my bill and tab and signed it, and and the next morning we're going to get out for practice, and. Uh, um, the elevator door opens on the 34th floor and, and, uh, and larger than life who's in the elevator, but the champ 
Muhammad Ali and uh, had his two handlers are on either side of him. And I, and I get in and I looked at him and I, you know, and he's big, he's a big guy. And, and I looked and, and of course I'm wearing all that foolish USA Olympic stuff and that goddamn stupid cowboy hat and everything else. And, and so they, so they looked at me immediately and, uh, and they said, uh, are you from that, you from that hockey team? And I said, yes, I am. And, and, uh, uh, and Ali says, uh, uh, or excuse me, Bundini Brown, his handler says, uh, says champ, you have a gold medal somewhere, right? <laughs> and he just kind of chuckled and, and there's a whole story behind that. But, but anyway, so Ali kind of, Ali stuck out his hand and, and said, you know, I'm Ali. And I said, oh, I know. And, and I shook his hand and then he turns up and he says, this is my wife, Veronica. And, and it was a woman that had been that had been at the, at the oyster bar the night before, and I thought, oh, dear God. Oh, boy. I'm never going to make it out of this elevator. At least I won the gold medal, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Did everybody want a piece of you guys after that? Was it was it hectic and crazy? Uh, a, a little bit. You know, it was, um, uh, yeah, there, there was some of that. I, my, my, my favorite, you know, I mean, there were celebrity sightings all the time, right? And, and, and back then, Studio Fifty Four was a was a big deal, and and you know it wasn't really my cup of tea. But when people would come to visit, we'd go down there, and and uh, so you know you're always you'd always see people somewhere, right? But um, uh, I, I I like the Lone Star Cafe downtown. Oh yes, the Lone Star Cafe. That was our Sunday night spot, wasn't it? Right. Yes. Oh, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Man. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, looking back, like there was a. There's a guy that that bartended uh, at a place over by uh, by the UN uh, and you know, Bubba Beck lived in Turtle Bay there, you know, on, in Midtown. And so we once in a while we'd go over on a Sunday afternoon if we had a free. And and uh, uh, it was Bruce Willis was was a bartender over there. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, yeah. So there were there was just kind of it was New York, you know, and and so it was it was a ton of fun. So then they sent you to New Haven at some point, right? While you're, while you're there, like you signed your contract, right? Kevin? Yeah, that's where we met, right? Yeah, well, I was going to say, that's where the fun begins, right there in New Haven. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. Nothing like it. That, uh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> I know it, like, it sounds weird, but so can I, we get on the phone. It's just constant laughing, telling these old stories, because we're thinking to ourselves, like, now we've had, he's had two daughters, I've had two sons, and we think to some of the stories that well, might we weren't thinking at all. It was just, the only thought process is we're having, we're going for it. Like there was, I don't think there was anything that we turned out, right? If there was a chance to do something, we did. Well, right? Please share. Oh, we will. We'll tell some stories here. So again, here's, well, here's, go ahead. So can you jump in? No, 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 no. Go ahead. So, okay. So we're going to, I holler a list of stories and Silky's going to say yay or nay, whether we're going to tell the story or not. Obviously there's some that I'll mention the title of the story, but we know we can't tell it. Um, Okay, the uh, rookie year, it must be rookie years. Uh, Phyllis Mazzino invited yourself, myself, uh, Greshner, Duguay, and Beck over to his place. Uh, him and his wife were putting on a nice apartment, putting on a nice Thanksgiving dinner. So I don't want to paint the wrong picture, but there's um, there's several glasses of wine uh, flowing. And then also, I don't know who it was, one of the three older guys pulled out a doobie that was the size of a cigar. And uh, and we're with Phyllis Mazzino. Now, Phil's getting stoned. This, I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I'm with Phyllis Mazzino in the National Hockey League, and he's getting stoned. So he, I don't want to paint the picture that he fell back. Actually, I, I blew this. I didn't give the title of the story. This is one I can tell. This is, this is good. I'm going to the next one. So I don't want to paint the picture that he fell backwards into the fire, but he laid back down close enough to the fire that we're thinking, okay, if he passes out, the top of his head's going to get burnt. 
And the other three guys are dying laughing. So Silky and I have to grab his feet and pull, pull Phil Esposito out away from the fire. Like, and again, I went home and called my buddies back in Northern Michigan. I said, you won't believe what just happened. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, well, how's it? I can't believe you told him, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud of you. Thank so you. you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I know. Well, we had Phil on a show. <laughs> we had Phil on a show, and he's the F-bomb is the only word he uses now. It's like it's every form of word. It's uh, always coming out here. Well, Phil's 80 now, right? Yeah. He's coming on our show, but he said we have to pay him in vodka to get him on the show. I get three bottles of vodka. Oh, so you would have died. We had him on the show with Greshner, Maloney, those guys, and he asked me before the show, can you you know, can you swear? And I said, well, you gotta be a little careful. He, he said, he must drop the F-bomb 300 times. It, it got to be just hilarious. And even when I mentioned to him, I said, Phil, you're kind of breaking the record for the F-bomb. The next word out of his mouth. F-U, F-U, I'm yeah. going anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. But he was great yeah. to us too, you know, so. So that's one good story. And as part of, uh, I, I remember going the, the first road trip before I, I got to New Haven before uh, the end of the year there. And I went to Montreal um, with the Rangers and, uh, uh, so and and Espo picked me up to to bring me to LaGuardia and uh, which by the way yeah you know, we talked about this offline but uh, um, there's no way that that athlete that hockey players nowadays have as much fun as as we had back then and and part of it was flying commercial all the time we just had so much more time to ourselves right like you know it wasn't structured time the way it is now and and so guys you know just hanging around the airports and. And staying in cities after games because you had to catch a flight the next morning goes, you know, just made for so much more fun. But, but I, but I, anyway, I remember going to the airport with, uh, with Phil and, and for that first road trip. And I had my best three piece brown corduroy suit on. And, uh, and, and, and I said, I said to Phil, hey, you know, you know, what do I do? Like, you know, do I, you know, do I get a boarding pass? Like, you know, what happens? I remember Phil saying, well, the first thing you do is burn that fucking suit. <laughs> <laughs> and it was childish fun too. Like we'd have a layover in the airport and we'd do the stupid stuff. Like we'd get a dollar bill and attach a string to it, you know, and people would be walking by. We'd do stuff to that guy. Don't ever, I can't fall asleep on a plane now because I did so much stuff to people that they're going to Oh, you, you got karma coming your way. Oh, totally. I, shaving cream on the head, stealing the shoes, cut tie. Um, guys would get on like as long before 9-11, obviously, but they'd get on the carousel, uh, you know, right when it's going behind the scenes so when it comes out again the guy's standing on the carousel like a statue you know so all these other people are sitting around like what is going off of these guys yeah oh, man, the kid yeah. the kids there must have loved that there's my idols oh that guy like knucklehead yeah oh but it's like 25 guys in suits are acting like 12 years old yeah that was fun all right next story um the maple tree in rye new york oh dear <laughs> i think i think the reactions are as good as the story oh god okay so i'll i'll i won't go all the way in but it was a local establishment there and uh, Silky and I uh, would go in there for lunch uh, and maybe a couple of adult beverages very often, you know, um, and we would get to know the same people all the time and uh, they would keep on. It just got to be this regular routine. Um, how much farther can we go on that story? Do we want to talk about the whip and the dog collar or no? Well, hey, yeah, no, I, 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 I think you probably just did. We just did. <laughs> I, I think that's probably, uh, yeah, no, we don't, we don't, you know, yeah, we'll go with that's enough. Yeah. yeah. So, um, suffice to suffice to say that that there was a guy that was a bartender. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. At that place that uh, that ended up, um, I ended up playing a lot of golf with him up in in the Boston area. You know, thirty five years later or forty years later, and and he would see me and and he would say, "How are you guys still alive?" <laughs> All right, how about the kitchen slide? 
kitchen slide. That's a clean. Yeah. That's a clean story. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So we're next day. We're going to go leave on a, a road trip. So can you jump in there and tell the story? You're, you're going to tell these stories. Well, <laughs> well, I, I, I'd like to know how it started, but uh, yeah. But I, I, I think we we're looking. I, I think we we're looking at, at at what was in the fridge, and and uh, um, because we were going on a big swing, uh, we weren't going to be around a while, and we were worried about stuff going bad. Yeah. Turned out to be the least of my concern, <laughs> but somehow, um, I don't know. Somehow, you did, I think maybe it was an egg toss yeah, or yeah. a uh, uh, or a head of lettuce, or uh, I don't know if we had anything that healthy in the fridge. But but uh, but anyway, the the fridge emptied out on the floor, and and then it was like a slip and slide. You know, you get a <laughs> get a running start from the front door, from the front hallway, and see how far you could make it. All of we did, this wasn't once or twice too. It was repetitive. Like we'd run it down, and like our heads first going into the wall, and all. How how old are you guys at this time? We were six years old. Yeah, yeah. No, we were twenty. What twenty three or twenty four years old at that time? Yeah. Oh, and, and and then I remember we had a, I remember we had had an argument about uh, who was going to clean up, and and so we we were both too stubborn. So I think we just left it and, and went out for like eighteen a uh, fourteen day trip. Or yeah. So yeah. <laughs> back there's more rotten rotten eggs on the floor. Oh, oh what that, I was just. Like the whole thought, I thought now thinking, looking at ourselves doing that while we're doing it. Like at the time, it just seemed like the greatest thing in the world. But I'm like, what is it wrote? Well, is this Dave Maloney's apartment or is this? No, this was a house we just rented right off Rye Plainland uh, in Rye. Yeah, close to. Well, remember who rented it to us? Who? Maloney's wife. Oh, it's a broker. <laughs> she was a broker and, and she was so, she was so upset because at the end of the season, we, we took off and I think we left, we, I, I know that we left laundry in the washing machine <laughs> and, and and i i remember getting this call and uh from forgot about this yeah 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 from maloney's wife and uh, you know, i will never ever rent to you again are slim and none these days anyway so oh god that is this guy. I forgot all about that because uh, my first year, the year before that, I'd room with Chris Kasopoulos and we rented Dave Maloney's uh, apartment from him. And she'd come over to check on it too. And it, oh man, it was ridiculous. Like Dave was on the other day talking about how I make the bed, bed perfect at 3 30 in the morning. The sheets are perfect. He thinks back then I didn't have sheets at all back then. So yeah. The fact that he still talks to you is impressive too. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Because I think about it, like he was this classy gentleman too, you know, and we're all these mudheads doing all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it seemed like a great idea. Well, that was, uh, I don't know about you, but for me, stepping in as a rookie into um, with Gresh and Maloney yeah. and, and those guys, like they were young, they were our age or yeah. you know a year or yeah. two older, but but they had been in the league five or six years, yeah. and you know Maloney was a captain, and and they they were such professionals, you know Donnie yeah. Maloney, like they were just great pros, and I thought you know like how do you where do you learn that? And all I guess it, it was really it was really impressive to this day, and and. And you had a lot of that in you too. I, I, I got to give you props. You know, you you had a lot of that leadership quality. Yeah. Really? But yeah, I really did. Yeah, I really did. He, I hit it. Uh, but but I, I, it was just really impressive. Yeah. No, they were. Yeah. Yeah, that is true, right? That guy like Dave, like he, uh, he's always uh, just always admired him the way he carried himself while he played, preparing himself for after the game. Yeah, we had him on the show recently, and uh, I I constantly say that to him. He's very. I think as time's gone on, I respect him even more because of that stuff too. No, I, I I was doing a lot of things out myself, like going to truck driving school too. That really helped a lot. Were you still, were you still with us? Oh, when you went to truck driving school? Yeah, yeah. No, no, oh, I, I, I I missed that one. Okay. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. Um, 
do you remember uh, there was a, a little there was a little bar uh, around the corner from from where we lived uh, called Kelly's? Yeah, was, still there. Is it? And yep, it's still there. Yeah, like it was it was yep. like underground. It was like in the basement, right? They call it Kelly's below sea level. Yeah, that's what I thought. Kelly's yep. below sea level. Yeah, I remember one time um, you guys were. I was hurt, and uh, and you guys were out in Minnesota playing, and so I went down there. They had great cheeseburgers. Yes, yeah. And uh, so I went in there to have a cheeseburger, and and there was only one. There was only one other guy in the bar, and uh, so I'm at one end of the bar. This guy's at the other end of the bar, and and the bartender comes over and says, "Hey, I want you to." Uh, let me introduce you to and the and the Rangers are playing the stars and uh, he said let me introduce you to my my friend Paul down here uh, I, I get down there and it's Paul Newman really oh, wow. and he had just bought a boat in uh, in Stamford or Greenwich or wherever it was and he was headed back to Westport I think he lived in Westport in uh, Connecticut and uh, um, but we ended up we ended up shooting the breeze talking about boats and. Uh, uh, and then he and then he started telling us about Slapshot because they had just filmed that like two years earlier, and yeah. uh, and how much fun he had on the set of uh, of Slapshot and all the practical jokes and 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 you know what a time yeah what a time oh you know? you've had a but, full life, Fred. You had a full life. But were you like, hey, Paul? Guess what I just did with Tom Labo? We threw eggs down the hallway and left them there for two weeks. You didn't tell him that, did you? <laughs> Why well, I you know what? Yeah, I should have invited him over for some yeah. slip and slide. He, he would have loved it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine like NHL hockey players doing that? Like if somebody else was to see that, they go, "What?" Like, again, my perspective is I'm probably eight, eight, nine. Then I'm looking up to you guys as the heroes. Now this is what you're doing. <laughs> All right, number five, Orange in Vancouver Fringe Columbia. <laughs> can we or can we not tell that story? Or can we clean it up a little bit? Or what do you think? Yeah, it, can we? Can we make it a kind of a PG version? Yeah, we'll do the PV, PG version. Would you like to take the stab at that, Mr. Soap? No, no, I, I would. Uh, really, that, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll follow your lead. How's that? <laughs> so, so there's going to be a little bit of a common theme here. Uh, Silky and I were together. We had plenty of confidence in ourselves. So if we went someplace, we felt like everybody knew us as NHL hockey players. So we just, uh, and a lot of things we did, it was just like, we'll get it done. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. So there's a famous uh, Canadian ballet, we'll call it, uh, in Vancouver called Number 5 Orange. Now, Silky and I think we know where it is. But we really have no clue where it is. And it's raining. Uh, so we go out in our suits, walking around Vancouver for hours, trying to find number five orange. Pretty accurate so far, am I at this? You're right on the money. Thank you. So we, fi- we finally find number five orange. Uh, we go in there. It's packed. No place to sit. But there's one older gentleman that's at a table by himself. Now, he's asleep at this point. <laughs> and so we we very gently, and I thought considered like respectfully, we picked him up in his chair and moved him to another location so we could take the table over. So now we're hungry because we've been haven't had lunch or walking around all day, and uh, we order food. Suki orders a, a bowl of chili, I believe, correct? Uh, the chili, <laughs> the chili was not very well made. Uh, Suki gets food poisoning oh. and can't play the next day. Oh wow! Oh, oh, the scene of us walking around with the suits on, we're soaking wet. We walk into this place, moving this old guy out of the way. Oh god! And Suki gets. Did you did you play the next game where you couldn't play? It? I I don't I don't I don't you know I mean even if I dressed I didn't play much anyway yeah. but. The, uh, but I, I just remember, I remember thinking to myself, well, how big can Vancouver be? We can find it. You know? <laughs> and, and plus it's, it's on the West coast. I mean, you know, there's yeah. only three directions we can go. <laughs> so, well, but all, but more importantly, who orders strip club chili? Uh, that's, well, this would be a problem with these. Yeah. That, yeah. That was probably in hindsight. You're right. <laughs> no, probably. I know we can tell this story. And I think I've told this one before the fondue pot in, in Quebec, Quebec city, Quebec. 
Would you like to take a stab at this one, Mr. So? Uh, I will, will, will please jump in. But, but what I do, what I do remember is that, uh, that we were so excited. I, I had never been to Quebec city before. Had you? No, I not. No, no. First time. Yeah. So, so we're in the, we're in the old city, the walled city there. And, and, and we're drinking Labatt's or Molson's, whatever the, you know, the, the beer of, uh, Canada and, and Quebec. And, and, uh, and so because we're in Quebec city, we have to, we have to be cosmopolitan and, and we order the, we order the fondue and, uh, and, and I remember looking around and seeing that, that, you know, tables were getting farther and farther away from us a little bit at the time, you know, and they're, and and they're staring at us too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And we thought, we thought it was just because we were, yeah. we were Americans and, uh, or, you know, NHL, no, we were NHL hockey players. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, yeah, actually that was it. That was yeah. it. And, and, but, and we were pounding Labatt's because it was getting hotter and hotter. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I remember hearing over my shoulder, tabernacle, and, and the, a waitress coming, a waiter coming over, and they, hey, threw open the emergency doors and threw the whole table out the, you know, the snow <laughs> that fondue and had caught on fire. He thought that was the way it was supposed to be. Oh, right? God, it was so funny, because we were, like, totally cocky, too. Everybody staring at us. We were like, oh, yeah, we're NHL hockey players, right, Joe? And then, look, that's because we're going to get burnt here. You were the table. Higher, gee. Oh, we really hadn't done it. It's just they, they turned it up too high. It wasn't like we adjusted. We just sat down with powdered beers and we think we're so cool. Oh, no. That's one of those stories, Silky. I know I said this to you, but I years later, we hadn't seen each other in a while. We got on the phone. I said, Silky, did that really happen like that? And you go, yeah, it did. I remember I remember looking at you like I was I was shocked at, you know, what did we do wrong? And, and, and I remember you looking at me and saying something like, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Probably true. <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I, we got more, yeah, a lot of stories we can't tell you here on, on air, but uh, uh, really, like, we laughed about it the other day when we talked, for, had talked for a while. I said, man, we had a great life. I mean, just all out all the time. It's good. Yeah, we tell the stories about the drinking and everything, too, and that, I don't want to paint the picture that, you know, uh, like, now the game's totally different. That was part of the culture back then. Yeah. You know, that was actually, like, you, you wanted the guys together drinking beer. The team would supply the beer on the bus, a plane, the locker room after games and everything, and, we sort of, but look, it's 40 years later and you guys are both giggling like, oh, I'm having a fun time. So obviously it was well-lived, you know? How many years? So, so when did you get traded? Uh, when did you get traded? 84. It was in my option year. So okay. it was, you know, I, I had worn out my welcome there. And, and uh, fortunately, um, I got traded to Boston. And, and That's right. So it was there. And, and uh, but, you know, I was just thinking that that um, I remember one day, you know, because we, we were, we lived pretty hard and, and. Yeah. You know, and, but, but at the same time, you know, we were ready to play. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, uh, but I remember one time going to practice or waking up for practice and I was late and, and we had spent too much time at, at the maple tree or wherever it was. And, and I couldn't find my keys and, I remember uh, that. and you had already gone and, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I, I guess I started to like run, jog to, to try and get to practice on time. And I saw a little kid's bike in the in the yard next to our house or down the street, and I, I so I took the kid's bike and uh, and pedaled it, pedaled it over to Playland, and it was but it was like a twelve year old's bike, you know. So I, I looked like I looked like a, a, a grown up on a tricycle, you know, pedaling the thing, and uh, and I'm like Jesus, if anyone sees me, I'm I'm you know I'm in trouble. So so I went in through the Zam the back door of the Zamboni, of course. Wouldn't you know it? Who's back there checking on on the Zambo on the ice or whatever? But Herbie, Herbie sees me come wheeling in on this twelve year old's bike, and he just looks at me like, "You gotta be sure." <laughs> well, 
But now we took the bike back after too, though. So I don't want to make you know, we returned it. Yeah, we were. Well, and that is true. So I, I want to ask you a question. I want to make one statement first. Like, so this is just a comment. Continue on that thing with Silky. So uh, we had this place, the pub that we'd go to, and uh, Herbie knew what cars we drove. So a lot of guys would try to hide the cars so Herbie couldn't find them. Of course, I would want to park right in front of the place just to egg him on. So he came to me one time at practice, and he's steaming. He goes, Laidlaw, I went by the bar at 2 o'clock, your, your car was still there. I went by the bar at 4 o'clock, your car was still there. What is going on? I said, if you went by the bar at 6 o'clock, it still would have been there too. So leave me alone. I'll be your hardest worker today. And he scared, scared, turned around and walked away. I actually think he liked... I don't think he didn't want too much, but he didn't want guys to be like. He threw it back at him. Yeah, I mean, I wanted. Yeah, he would every once in a while. He'd trade for for a character, yeah. you know, not just character, but a character. Like yeah. I remember, he looked around and he thought he had too many, uh, too many Boy Scouts in the room, and and he traded for Youngie, right? Youngie and Tommy Young. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he just wanted a little bit of uh, spirit in yeah. the room. Definitely. Yeah. So, what are your? Uh, I mean, you went through a lot of stuff with Herb. Uh, and her, with her, her coaching when you get traded as well, is he still there? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. what yeah. what are your memories of Herb then? The positive, negative? How do you feel about? Him? Um, you know, I I got to know him. I got to know him more when I went back. I was coaching at BU um, when I went back to school, and 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 because I was coaching, uh, and he was coaching, I think in Albany at the time for the New Jersey franchise, and and. And I spent more t- I spent more time talking to him then as another coach um, uh, than I ever did as a player, and and his relationship was completely different. You know, he was much more uh, approachable, and uh, um, and I think you know he had had his wings clipped a little bit too. You know, at that point, so um, you know it, it was uh, we were just in different stages of our of our careers and our lives, and and. But he was he was really approachable and um, and he was much more I, I think to your point um, he he was much more um, amenable to to people with different personalities you know he didn't want to have a, a you know a bunch of guys that were that were kind of you know straight straight ahead three square meals every day you know the that that mentality he wanted guys that. that that mix, and he, he felt that that was important. So, but he was great. I, you know, I, I never, I never, uh, and and at his funeral, um, his brother Dave pulled me aside and said, "Hey, Dave, I got to tell you, uh, my brother loved you." Yeah. And I said, oh, "Well, he did a pretty good job of hiding it. That's for yeah. goddamn sure." But you know, yeah. I mean, who knew? who knew? It's funny you say. I was told the same thing. Remember Chuck Grillo, Minnesota guy. So Chuck was good friends with Herb too. And we're up at Chuck's uh, camp up in Minnesota. I can't remember what it was called, but he said that to me one time too. I was in the agent business. He says you were one of Herbie's favorites. And I said, he sure did to show it. Yeah, but I, looking back at it, you know, I think he wanted those guys that were tough enough mentally to handle it, right? Like he didn't like they weren't soft guys. I think that's who he really liked. So yeah. it was interesting on the Olympic team. It was the first time that I had ever been, you know, that 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 he he was treating me at like keeping me at arm's length, you know, didn't, didn't say much to me, didn't communicate much. And, and, uh, and I had never had that before. And so it was, it was really different. You know, it was, uh, I, I was used to having coaches that were father figures and oh, okay. uh, so it was just different, you know, yeah. but, but he was a great coach. Yeah. It was like psych, the psychology of the coaching, right? It's like how to, 
Like for me, it was, you know, convince me, like convince me, tell me that I was going to have a certain role. I was going to be that defensive defense, but then following up with that, making sure that I was put on the ice, all those key situations defensively too. So it was like a two-way street. It was good. So you get traded to Boston. How long did you play in Boston? Uh, it was just under two years. Um, got banged up and, uh, uh, you know, I did, I don't know. I, I had a pretty good start. My, I had a good finish my first year. I had a decent start my second year. Um, you know, just, uh, um, didn't work. I got less and less ice time and, and it was great. It, you know, it, it was fantastic. Uh, being able to play for a hometown team and, yeah. and it, it's not so great when you're on the bubble every day and you're going in and thinking, is this my last day? You know, is my bag going to be packed when, uh, right. when I go to practice today? So that was kind of a drag, but right. still, you know, I mean, guys like O'Reilly and, and, you know, some of those guys, um, it was, it was such a treat to, to be part of that. So then when I was still laid up that, oh, you did, that's sorry right. about that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was yeah, your boss on earth was, too, right? They, they hadn't had the new building. Well, that's right. Yeah. 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 Very much, very much the old Boston guy. Yeah. I, mean, I remember when Gretzky, when Gretzky came in and, and the reporters were, were saying, uh, Hey, what do you think? Isn't this great? You know, like it was Yankee stadium, you know, like the right. venerable old building. And, and he said, this place is a dump. <laughs> the rats were running through the locker room and everything. Oh, God, right, yeah. Right, right, right. right. And I forgot about Detroit. How long were you in Detroit? Not long. Just, uh, I, I think I, I played one year there and and uh, uh, and then ended up signing as a free agent with Winnipeg um, with Fergie again. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So what was, what, as a city, like Winnipeg could be a beautiful city, but it is cold. The wind blows through there. Like Timmy Waters is an old teammate of mine, and he was telling me stories of how the the tire would be flat on the bottom; it'd be frozen flat. So you're driving down the road to cook, 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 down the road. Yeah, yeah, he was there. He was, yeah, uh, yeah Mud was there. Um, um, yeah, Waters, McLean, Nil, um, Jim Kite was there too at the time. Jimmy Jimmy Kite was there. Was, was Luke? Luke Luke was there too. Boris Lukewitz was there. Uh, he was gone. He had just yeah. left. Yeah. yeah, he just left. Um, Randy Carlisle, Dave Babich. Um, and we, Dave, Bab- Dave Babbage, the hairiest man in hockey right there. Right. Oh, right. God. Right. So Babs, so and I, I get there, I get there to camp and, uh, and Babs says, uh, Hey Silky, you like to fish, right? And I said, yeah, I love to fish. So we have a day off. It was like September 8th or September 12th, something like that. We had a day off in camp and, uh, he says, uh, I have my bass boat here. Uh, we got a day off tomorrow. You want to go fishing? I said, absolutely. Let's do it. And, uh. Uh, so I get up early the next morning and there's like four inches of snow on the ground. And, uh, and I go out and my car was parked outside at the garage, at the hotel. And so I go out to move the, the car and, and the snow had dripped off my shoes onto the, the mat under the, the gas pedal and, uh, and froze. And honest to God, that frozen block that, you know, that ice on the, the driver's side mat was there until I drove out after the playoffs in May, drove through Lake of the Woods and, and drove home that year. Oh. And and the ice it's it started in September twelfth and and it didn't it didn't set or it didn't melt until after the playoffs. It was cool. When I was in LA we would go in on a uh we'd be going on a Thursday night, play Friday, stay until uh, we played a game on Sunday afternoon. So we'd be there for like three and a half days. And you're in Winnipeg, and like you want to go to a movie or something like that. And you're, by the time you get to the movie, your ears are frozen, and they don't thaw out until the movie's over with. And you got to go back. It was, it was cold. Yeah. So yeah. is that where you retired, Soki, Winnipeg? 
Yeah, so I, I finished in finished in Winnipeg, and I guess I was eighty six, and um, and then had it just so it, they offered me a a, a two way contract, and and I knew I was going to the minors, and uh, uh, I had a chance to go to Germany, and uh, uh, so I, I I took the took the easy route and went to Germany, and uh, one year turned into five, and ended up playing for five years over there. So oh, I didn't know that. Wow, that's cool. That's actually a great experience, right? It was a great experience. Yeah, we were actually there in Berlin when the uh, when the wall came down, and it was it was wonderful. And 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 you know, I, I the the tax rate between between the Canadian dollar and the tax rate in Manitoba, uh, I made more in Germany my first year than I made sure. my last year in, in the NHL. So, any fondue restaurants over there? I, I I don't think I've had fun do since Quebec City, uh, and I don't plan on it anytime soon. I I, I, I I start to get I start to get a, like an eye twitch if I see a sternal can. Oh, uh, how about how about stripper chili? <laughs> <laughs> but in, in serious note, though, Dave, you're involved in two of the defining moments of the century, which is when you step back, it's pretty cool to think about. You know, you're in Germany for the wall, and you you're in part of the gold medal game against Ru- the Olympics yeah. against Russia. That's pretty impressive. Well, that's not just a coincidence, Tom. Tom. <laughs> uh, that is true. You think back about that gold medal thing, man, that's incredible. But then you're in Berlin when the wall comes down, yeah. and that's unbelievable, very too. Yeah, very true. Yeah, that was wild. That, that was wild. So what'd you do after the game? So, okay, I know what you get done in Germany. So I I had, I had uh, um, I went back to school. I, I had only finished about two years of undergrad uh, when I turned pro, So um, or when I went to the Olympic team. So I, I was going back to school every summer and uh, trying to get my undergrad done. And uh, so I think it took me like 17 and a half years to get oh. my, my undergraduate degree done. But then I went back and got an MBA after that when I, I was coaching with uh, with Jack Parker. So um, I got an MBA and, and get into the uh, the investment business here in Boston oh. and, and uh, raise money for, for mutual fund companies and, and the retirement space for 25 years or so. Oh, we tired up? You know what? I, I had retired uh, two years ago, and uh, and the first six months it was great, and then the next six months I, I was uh, um, bored stiff. So uh, an opportunity came up. Um, uh, I work as a, a communications director at the uh, convention center here in Boston. So oh. so I'm back working. Very good. Good. Two daughters. Two daughters. Uh, two grandsons. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, life, life rolls on. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, I'm sure you feel the same way. The, you know, the time we spent together, tell these wild stories, but man, we we had some great times together. Like look back and go, man, that was like we didn't left leave anything undone, right? It was just living life all out. I, I had a great time. So. Well, you know what? In all seriousness, it was it was um, uh, hanging with you and and breaking into the NHL together is a time that uh, it was a time of my life and and. Uh, I cherish it. I absolutely cherish it. So this this is a this is a blessing for me. So thank you, thank you for having me on. Well, well there you go. You got your buddy back on. We've been trying to get him on for a while. And, uh, your old running buddy from your rookie years, first years at the NHL. Can we do like an X-rated version of that? Oh, for sure. Well, we did before we went on the air, but didn't get into it. Man, it's great to see you guys. So we had so much, it, not, a lot of, he mentioned it here near the end of the show where we started together. We had so many great times together. Yeah. Um, 
we're, and again, it's typical guys, you don't keep in touch. You know, so I'm like, well, what do we do? And we were crying laughing the other day when we start telling the old stories. Well, I think that's the good thing about, and I think this happens with men a lot, is you, you just pick it up. Yeah. You know, you know, and then there's no, that's being like a low maintenance friend. And you know what else too? I think as you get older, you're more appreciative of things Absolutely. back. And for me, uh, you know, doing these shows with you and doing a book and everything, it really makes me look back at my life and yeah. all the people that were in it and great times. Yeah, yeah. no, that was great. It's great to hear his stories and the fact that he was in those two pivotal moments. Yeah. You know, in, in America. I can just hear Stan about the German thing. Yeah. Well, I said, no, he's this crazy. We didn't get into Sportorama and I'm going there today to coach, but I, you know, maybe next time we'll, we'll find out about that story. That's that's a whole X-rated show right there. I'll tell you. Yeah. Oh man. It was all uh, great, great to talk to him again. Good person. And I'm glad he's doing well too. You know, he's got the young girls or not young girls or adults. He's got grandkids. Yeah. So all good. It's great to have him on. Great, a great show. If you like this, please subscribe, listen, share, spread it around, leave us a review and enjoy the show. Yes. And next week we'll be doing some Irish accents. Uh, maybe we'll do German accents because he was in Germany. We'll get him back on. What is a German accent? You can try to do a German accent. I see nothing. I hear no, that thing. You're Hogan's Heroes. Yeah, but that's, that's, he was no, German. No, he was an actor doing a bad accent. Come on, man. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I can think of now. Yeah. All right, everybody. All right, Grasshoppers. Thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time. <laughs>